Hi, hello, and howdy. Welcome back to Prost, damn it, your podcast about everything New Braunfels. I hope you all are enjoying this beautiful, sunny weather we've had the past few days. It's been a welcome relief after a few weeks of rain. I've lived here long enough to never curse the rain when it comes, but damn if I'm not relieved when I look outside my window and see blue skies and sunshine. After all, it's summer in New Braunfels, and I'd like to enjoy the many wonderful things about living here this time of year. Whether that's floating the river, going to Schlitterbahn, or getting some gelato downtown. There's a lot to do, and we're off to a little bit of a late start. For today's episode, we're going back in time. Way back. We're going to talk about the original settlers of New Braunfels, folks who were here long before Prince Carl was even born. But we don't have to travel near as far in space as we do in time. Since it's summer, water's on our minds as much as ever. We've been lucky to have some good rains lately, but it wasn't long ago that we were in a severe, years-long drought. I remember going to Landa Park in high school to see the bubbling Comal Springs near the entrance to Panther Canyon. When I got there, I found nothing more than a pile of rocks. It was a striking sight. I hadn't yet taken AP Environmental Science, let alone gotten my geography degree, but I knew something big and bad had happened here. Just a couple years prior, I was studying the Bible with friends from band under the protection of those ancient oaks and flowing cool water at the exact same spot. Boy, had things changed. Little did I know, I was tapping into something really ancient when I was looking at where those springs used to flow. So let's get our footing, then go back in history and figure it all out. The Comal Springs are comprised of hundreds of freshwater springs pouring from a fault line that marks the eastern edge of the Edwards Plateau and the famous Texas Hill Country. Underneath this inactive fault, water is held underground in cavernous limestone. This underground body of water is called the Edwards Aquifer. As water filters through the soil and karst limestone, it's purified. As the aquifer fills up, some of its purified water breaches the surface, creating a flow that we call a spring. The Comal Springs are the largest in Texas and the American Southwest. They've been a draw for humans for millennia, but we'll get to that in a moment. Inside the aquifer, among the bodies of water created by its springs, and in the land surrounding them, life is abundant. Clean water is a must-have for life as we know it. So, the Texas Hill Country, with its abundance of resources, is home to many critters found only here and many others that think it makes a good home. And I'm one of them. According to archaeological work done at my alma mater, Texas State University, just up the road in San Marcos, humans have inhabited this area around the Hill Country Springs for some 12,000 years. That is absolutely wild to think about. Humans have been in this area since the earliest days, or just before the earliest days, of the last geological epoch, the Holocene. Wow. So what do we know about these early inhabitants? Not too terribly much, but archaeologists are working hard to make sure that changes. If you want a good look at some of the artifacts they've recovered, I highly recommend a trip up to the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment at Texas State. The exhibits, glass bottom boats, and trails will give you a strong sense of why this area has been populated for so many thousands of years. Let's take a second now and talk about the first European contact with this area. You'll probably be surprised to learn how early it was, given the city of New Braunfels wasn't founded until 1845, and that's the date you see plastered on all the local marketing materials. 
But European settlement here goes back about 150 years before then. Spanish missionaries arrived in this area around 1691. As they famously did in San Antonio, they established missions for the purpose of spreading the Catholic faith to the indigenous communities in the Americas. They found the Comal Springs serving as a sort of meeting place with tribes on the river's banks from as far away as New Mexico, present day. The native peoples referred to this place as Conacoyadesta, or in English, where the river has its source. And you can correct me on my pronunciation there if it's wrong. And what a beautiful source this was. Writing in 1716, one of the missionaries waxed poetic and um, a little uh, less so. <laughs> Soon, he said, Soon we reached the passage of the Guadalupe, which is made of gravel and is very wide. Groves of inexpressible beauty are found in this vicinity. We stopped at the other bank of the river in a little clearing surrounded by trees and contiguous to said river. The waters of the Guadalupe are clear, crystal, and so abundant that it seemed almost incredible to us that its source arose so near. Composing this river are three principal springs of water which, together with other smaller ones, unite as they begin to flow, as soon as they begin to flow. There, the growth of the walnut trees competes with the poplars. All are crowned with the wild grapevines, which climb up their trunks. Willow trees beautified the region of this river with their luxuriant foliage, and there was a great variety of plants. It makes a delightful grove for recreation and the enjoyment of the melodious songs of different birds. Ticks molested us, attaching themselves to our skin. Texans have a way of telling stories that usually involves high praise for our state with punctuations of unpleasant reality. That tradition was already flowing in the Comal, apparently. The Spanish missionaries attempted to set up shop on the Comal as they were doing in San Antonio with much success. But disease outbreaks and hostility from the indigenous residents of the area kept it from taking off. Mission Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe operated on the Comal Springs from 1756 to 1758, and only haphazardly at that. Alas, New Braunfels was not fated for Spanish settlement. Not much happened by way of grand history in the area until the early 19th century. In 1827, the land around the springs was deeded to then-governor of the Mexican state of Coahuila y Tejas, Juan Martín de Veramendi. That name should sound familiar. It's rising in the public consciousness again with the advent of the massive Veramendi development northwest of Loop 337. That project was named for Veramendi because he surveyed the area, but his role in Texas history is much, much bigger. Señor Veramendi was a native son of San Antonio, having been born there in 1778. In his life, he held numerous public offices, helped Stephen F. Austin make it to San Antonio when Austin was considering colonizing Texas, built a number of homes, including the famous Veramendi Palace, which was destroyed to make way for the automobile, and even married his daughter to Alamo hero James Bowie. Unfortunately, we don't have time for a full biopic on Veramendi here, but boy, is he worthy of one. Let's get back into town. We started talking about Veramendi for a reason. His name is tied to New Braunfels in more ways than just his land surveys. We'll cover the German settlement in New Braunfels in another episode, so uh, pardon how I'm glossing over the finer details here. But for now, know that Prince Karl of Psalms Braunfels and his German settlers didn't originally plan to create New Braunfels here. In fact, they had negotiated with the government of the Republic of Texas and agreed to settle on land deeper into the territory. 
Fears of interactions with Comanches and scarce resources led the leadership of the Psalms expedition to purchase the Veramendi tract, which ended up making a fine home. When Dr. Ferdinand von Raemer reached this precious soil, he waxed poetic and gave to history some of the most famous remarks about this area from any of the German settlers. He wrote, What an earthly paradise could be created here. The location of the city and the broad valley, watered by the beautiful stream and surrounded by gently sloping hills, is most charming. And the land is so wonderfully situated. Nothing better could be wished for and more beautiful than can be described. I'm a bit biased here, but I, uh, I tend to agree with this sentiment. The Germans were industrious here. They came to where the river has its source with the can-do spirit of folks who left home for a mysterious land far away with the promise of better times ahead. They could not have done it without the Comal Springs. Indeed, those divine gifts powered the early milling industries, allowing the economy to flourish and the population to boom. Funny enough, at one point, New Braunfels was even the fourth largest city in Texas. We've fallen in the ranks a bit since then, but many of the locals think that's quite all right. No doubt about it, the Springs made the German migration to Texas a wild success. We're lucky now that the Springs are flowing again, but I'll never forget the feeling I had seeing them dried up. And that's for good reason. These Springs are the very reason the earliest folks ever came here. They're the reason for the hill country's beautiful rivers. They're an attraction of importance to local myth, spirituality, and economy. More than once, they've helped a wayward traveler make the next leg of their journey, even if that journey was an interior one. As New Braunfels continues to grow, we have to ensure we're acting as good stewards of this precious, finite, and sensitive resource. The life we take for granted in our springs is quite literally found only here. The way we develop, conserve, and craft our lifestyles will decide the fate of our springs. If you're like me, you think it would be a damn shame if this resource that has blessed humanity for 12,000 years stopped flowing because we couldn't think about what's going to happen tomorrow. And uh, I urge caution about where you put the blame. We can handle more neighbors here in town, but we have to make sure that we're living and building sustainably. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox, for now at least. And uh, if you're looking to visit the springs, Head on down to Landa Park. The largest springs are found at the north end of the park, near the Panther Canyon Trailhead. You can find them on both sides of Landa Park Drive, but be careful crossing the street. Folks often fly down California Boulevard like a bat out of hell. When you get there, take a moment to yourself. Sit quietly. Just experience the sounds, smells, and sights of this ancient place. There are a number of interpretive signs that can help guide your cultural and scientific sightseeing, and I recommend making full use of them. But don't forget to slow down and enjoy where you're at. I'm indebted to the writings of Greg Eckhart, whose website on the Edwards Aquifer was an invaluable resource. Also to the U.S. Geological Survey, the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment, the Edwards Aquifer, Aquifer Authority, and many others for the many years of work they've put into telling the story of this place and making it so accessible. Thanks, y'all, for being pioneers. Anyway, I'll see y'all down the road. Until next time, prose, damn it.